Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. I am your host, Brent Coley, an educator in beautiful Southern California. Started as a teacher, became an assistant principal, nine years as an elementary principal, and I am now a coordinator of elementary education in my district. And joining me today, I'm really excited about this. We were talking before I started recording. Erica Garcia. Erica, how are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like we were saying before I hit record on the broadcast, I have followed your work on Twitter, the things that you have shared. And I and I finally said, you know what, I'm going to reach out and say, I need to talk to Erica. We need to record our conversation because I think what she's got to share um, for those who aren't already following her and getting the good stuff that she's sharing, other people need to hear this. So for those people who, who are not familiar with you or your work, give us a little, who is Erica Garcia? Give us a little a rundown. Absolutely. So I'm Erica and I have been teaching for 24 years um, or in the field of education for 24 years. So I spent um, 16 years as a teacher. My career was split between elementary and middle school. And then I became a math specialist and instructional coordinator. And now I've been an elementary principal for two years. So I was one of those educators that said that I would never in a million years become an administrator. Um, I loved being in the classroom. I still do. Um, somebody gave me the advice to leave before I was ready. And I'll be honest, I don't think I was ever going to be ready. If you told me tomorrow I was going back into the classroom, I would be happy. I'd say, where's where's my room? Um, but also I saw the opportunity to support educators and I saw places in which people were not supporting educators. And so I really believe that sometimes you have to become who you needed in spite of who you had. Um, and so I became a principal and I have been in this role for two years. I work for an amazing district. It's a large district. We have about 18,000 um, students in the St. Louis area, but um, it is the most people-centric, supportive district in the entire world. So, that's awesome. That's awesome. You, what you said was like, again, before we recorded, I think we had a lot of similarities in that. I used to say the same thing. People say, "Oh, you're a teacher. Oh, you want to be a principal someday?" And my re my my thought would be like, "Are you drunk? No, <laughs> no. I abs no. Like I would have bet every cent in my bank account that absolutely not." Right. Uh, well, that's, yeah. Go ahead. I, even now, like, if people are like, oh, you know, do you think you'll, you see yourself in central office? And I, the thought of leaving the people that I'm currently serving, like, to in the hands of anybody that won't love them as much as I do, seriously breaks, like, it, the thought of it breaks my heart. So, um, but again, you never know. And uh, the thing is, is that while my sphere of influence is maybe not as deep as it is when you're in the classroom, because that is truly the deepest way you can meet the needs of students, but it's wider. And I hope that, you know, through hard work and, you know, just paying attention to the right things that I can support educators so that they can keep supporting kids. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, I used to think the same thing. Oh, you want to be a principal? No way. You want to go to the district office? Are you kid Like, absolutely. And that's where I am this year. So, uh, so I've learned never say never. And when I miss the kids, I got to go back to to the site on this last Tuesday to support. It was pouring rain, and they were down their AP and their custodians. So I got to go back and just help make sure kids got where they got. And it just 
filled my heart with joy to be back and see them. So I, I miss them every single day. But like you said, it's an opportunity to to influence on a on a larger level, albeit not necessarily as connected. And it's hard, but um, but that's kind of the the topic I wanted to talk about today when we're talking about administration. Is I'm sure you've heard it. I've heard it that. How often do do people jokingly say, "Oh, you're pr- principal. Oh, you're going to the dark side. Oh, like, and every time I hear that, it's like, yeah, I mean, there are bad examples of administrators, right? I mean, in the same way that there are bad examples of teachers, right? I mean, it's like there's bad examples of humans. There's bad examples of doctors. I mean, there's bad examples of everybody on the planet. But I, I, I kind of personally like, but it doesn't have to be that way. And that's kind of what I, the title of this is, admin doesn't have to be the dark side. And when I've seen what you've shared online, you are so teacher focused. So like, to, what is your passion as a site principal? Like, like, you think you said, you kind of touched on it. Why did you become an administrator? You said, because I needed, I wanted to become who I needed. What's your passion? Um, people, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, ki- kids first, always, um, that's the truth. But in this role, I have realized that equally as much, I love the people who love kids. I love the people who are working to do what's best for kids. I mean, kids are 100% the exclamation point in my soul. I mean, they truly are, but, um, also these people who are selflessly in a lot of ways, giving so much of themselves to make sure that kids can rise to their full human potential is pretty, pretty amazing. And so, you know, I would say overall human beings, um, but I do what I do because I want to do what's right for kids. Yeah. And I, and I love that because when I got into the profession too, it's like, well, yeah, obviously it is kids first, but if we don't support the teachers, they can't support their kids. If they're, if if they've got all that stuff on top of them, they're not going to be any good to support them. I loved what you tweeted a few weeks ago. You 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 posted. I saw a world in which teachers were treated as though superhero life was expected, and rather than get mad, I became an admin where I instead get mad at unrealistic expectations. Teachers aren't superheroes; they're hard workers. And if you know one, thank them. And I just, I mean, I think we've all been guilty. I mean, like I've written about the superpower that we possess as educators. And I believe that we have that, I call it edu-influence, that we we can, we change lives. You know that, you see it every single day. But I loved how you said, but they're not superheroes because superheroes are, expe- superheroes never go to the bathroom. Right. Superheroes <laughs> never sleep. I mean, you never see that in the movies, yet teachers... When they don't get to go to the bathroom when they want to, they have to be on a bell schedule and stuff like that. But I mean, I absolutely loved what you what you put there. You support it's so obvious how much you love and support your staff. What are some ways of how do you do that? Like practically in terms of like what would that look like if somebody like right now is listening, thinking, I want to become a principal. Mm-hmm. Um how 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 can I put my teachers first? What does that look like in your building? Well, I think honestly, um, a lot of people want to go into administration and they want to go fairly early in their careers. And one of the things that I will say is that, you know, being in 
the classroom and or a teaching role for all but five of my 24 years in education, um, I just think about what it was like to be a teacher, what it was like to be sitting in professional development the day after we come back from break, or what it feels like when we have a staff meeting and it could have been an email or what it feels like to never be thanked, um, you know, for the the work that I'm I'm doing or recognized. All of those things that I remember as a teacher, I feel like that's what I channel. Um, you know, what it was like, and of course, just getting input from my staff a lot. You know, they give me a lot of feedback and input about the things in which they need. One of my favorite practices, and I, I tweeted about this the other day, and it's such a small practice, but a lot of people were really um, excited about it, is I do a weekly check in with my teachers. And I, you know, say, you know, how are you showing up this week and what do you need from me in order to be successful? And of course, you know, it took a little bit of time to build trust and for them to really feel like they could answer. But now they'll tell me like, oh, you know, we have a lot of meetings coming up. And when they tell me things like that, I'm like, okay, well, great. You know, I can fix that's something I can probably fix or, you know, hey, you know, this is going on at home or and and that way I know, hey, I might have to go into this classroom and give this teacher a half an hour break so that they can take care of themselves. Um, but that weekly check-in has been really instrumental in making sure that I'm differentiating the needs of each of my staff members. Um, and I think that's important, you know, when we talk about supporting teachers is that it looks different for every single one of them. And so making sure that we're, one, you know, I'm differentiating our practices as much as we're telling them to differentiate their practices as well as, you know, just making sure that we're really, really listening with the intent to understand. I love that. It's like, yeah, equity. We talk about equity all the, it's like everybody doesn't need the same thing. Everybody needs different things. And right. I've, I've, and this is something, if you're a teacher listening to this right now, this is something you can do with your students too. You have that Monday morning check-in because who knows if Susie came in and their dog, her dog died last night. Or something. I mean, how often have we gotten those calls from parents saying, hey, just want to give you a heads up. <laughs> Susie may have a rough morning uh, or dad dad is deployed or dad, dad just shipped out this morning or dad shipped out this weekend. And so she may need a little extra TLC and adults are the same way. I mean, yeah. might be a husband that deployed. It might be a husband whose mom or dad is in the hospital or not doing well um, physically. It's true. And I, I will say this, that I feel like in a lot of ways you can ask those questions, but if you haven't done the legwork to build the trust, you're not going to get the real answers. And They're not going to open up. Yeah. Right. So I feel like, you know, my day to day is always about, you know, my staff and, and checking in with them and asking how they are and paying attention to the little details of their life, you know, not just going in there when they have kids in the room, going in there when they don't have kids in the room to check in on them, you know, personally. Those are things that, you know, not only I do because it's the right thing to do, but I do them because I want to. I truly mm -hmm. care about the individuals within the building and they know that. And so um, that those little little things, those little bursts are what really creates that sense of belonging in which people are able to be honest with you and open about the things in which they need. Yeah, I, I, I love what you said about getting into rooms. That's one of the things. And and I, I was guilty. There were there were days where you're you feel like you're sequestered in your office, and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to get out of here. Um, but but it's probably one of the things that I miss most. In addition to the knee high hugs from kindergartners and the high fives <laughs> and the fist bumps and stuff like that, but 
it's just walking into a teacher's classroom saying, and they're like, do you need anything? It's like, nope. Just like, I just need to see you. I just need yeah. to see how, how you're doing. Hey, well, how about that game last night? I mean, just kind of building that, that camaraderie that it's, you don't have right. to have the Darth Vader helmet on. It's like, we can be people. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, and I think that that's true too. Um, the other day I, um, took a day off to spend with my daughter and, um, I let the staff know what I was doing. I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the day off. My daughter is, um, is, you know, needing some time. And so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to have a girl's day. And so I just want to let you know that, you know, this is what I'm doing. And the amount of people who messaged me and told me how proud they were of me for doing that and thanking me for the example that I was setting for them, that it's okay to be human first was so important. And I too, like you, you know, I've made the mistake of saying, you know, teachers aren't just teachers, they're magic, or it's not just a job, it's a calling. All of these things in which, you know, we've said, it, it can be a calling, but we can't forget also that it is a, a job and we are human beings first. And if we're not taking care of the humans, then we're never going to be able to do the job. And if you can't take care of yourself, you're no good to the people that you're serving. And I, gosh, I got like goosebumps when you said you're, you took that day off to spend with your daughter. You're modeling it. Because how often do we say, go home, go <laughs> home. And... We don't go home. I mean, I'm the, I mean, I will say I'm bad. And I, me too, of course, me too. I told my boss, hold me accountable for having a life outside of this job. And she's been so great. Like when I message her and I tell her, hey, do you mind if I take this day? Or, you know, she's like, please, yes, do this for you. She's an awesome, you know, like model of what it means to um, take care of myself as well. But, it's hard um, and it's especially hard when you are prioritizing people during the day because you do end up having to do a lot of work mm -hmm. at night. But um, it's kind of how I'm wired. And so, you know, we talk about the idea that everybody's different. I really, when people are doing what they are doing, I'm always encouraging them. Like, you know, I just had a teacher on, you know, this past week who lost her grandmother. And it was, you know, like not go home. It was what, what do you need? Do you need to be here? Do you need to be here and have your class covered? You need to go home. You tell me what you need and we will make it happen because the reality of it is, is that like for me, a lot of times pouring myself into work is actually a good form of self-care because then I know I can focus on what makes me happiest, which is the people. So I think really paying attention to each teacher, you know, as much as we do every teacher. I love that. It, it doesn't look the same for everybody. And and I've had similar things like that where somebody who there was a lot going on outside of school and you'd think, oh, well, why are you here? Right. Because, because I don't want to be there because like this is, this is at least for now, this is my safe place. Right. I need, I need to be here. So it looks different for everyone. Yeah. So often we light ourselves, we light ourselves on fire to keep everyone else warm. Yes. But it's not an endless wick. I mean, that candle will burn out if it, we will burn ourselves out. And then, like I said, we're, we're no good to anyone. I, I don't remember who said it. I'm sure you've heard it. But it's like, if we if we leave, if if we pass away, right. they will replace us. Yes. They will replace us like the next day. <laughs> like they will get somebody in there very like, we are replaceable. So let's make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And, and, and again, we can say that till we're blue in the face. I have been guilty of, 
hey, do as I say, not as I do. Like, I'm going to be here till eight o'clock, but I don't want you to be here till eight o'clock. Right. It's okay to go home. I'm going to do the same thing with my daughter. She's a senior in college. She just started her last semester and I told her like, maybe I'm taking a day off and we're going to go down. She's down in San Diego and we're just going to, I just want one day in your element before you graduate. Like you take me where you'd like to eat and go out with your, like, I just want one day. And I've told people that and they're like, that is so cool. But it's like, and I want my teachers to do that too. I want my principals, my assistant principals to do that as well. Yes, I agree with that. And um, one of the things that I um, do is when our teachers are out. So uh, there's a couple of things that I've done because I know that some of this is, you know, teachers want time and we can't make more time. It's it's that one, you know, limited resource that we can't make more of. So what are the ways in which we can make, you know, make it better and make time happen more? So one of the things that I do as a time saving tip was um, I create a substitute template. So it's the same for every single person, but all teachers have to do is slide in their particular um you know, subject for each of the half hour slots. It has everything that they need in terms of like emergency contact. It has my cell phone number on there, but it's been really, I think, time saving and it's good for substitutes because it's consistent. But when teachers are out every single time, no matter what they're doing, they normally tell me or I know, you know, they're closing on a house or, you know, they're taking care of their sick mother. I always send a message to them to say, Hey, thinking about you. I hope everything's going okay with your mom or, you know, congratulations. Can't wait to see the house. Whatever it is, I always make sure if they're homesick, I say, you know, I just want to let you know everybody is, everything is fine here. Please take care of yourself. And um, I make sure that I talk to the teachers about not emailing, even if it's a horrific sub and saying, hey, hey, you know, oh my gosh, your class is a mess because that doesn't, you know, that doesn't instill a sense of rest. Mm -hmm who's there, they're sitting there. Teachers are already always flipping out about being gone. They already- Teacher guilt. Teacher guilt is real. Um, but I remember um, my first day of being sick last year. And, you know, I had been sending these messages to people whenever they're gone. And I just remember like, okay, so, you know, I, I, I do this. And the first day I was absent, I remember the messages just started pouring in. And I- We'll never forget when my custodian said, just so you know, it's not the same without you, but I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's like, that's what I want. I, you know, like I want to create, I hope they're doing that for one another too, you know, not just for me, but knowing that, you know, I've created a sense of um, community in which we're checking in on one another. Oh, that was my, that was my like, yes moment. <laughs> I love it. it well, it's, it's trite or a cliche when you hear that, oh, we're a family, but, right. but you are, right. and, or, or, or that's what, that's the goal. I mean, like the school that I, that I was principal at for nine years, like we were a family and, and when, when I, that last day there were tears yeah, on my part and there were some tears and I don't, I like, I must've, I, I, there were so many things that kept me up at night that I screwed up on. It's like, oh gosh, I wish I would have done this differently, but I must have done something right, right. because yeah, people were sad. <laughs> so it's like, well, that's good. And we left it in good hands. Our AP is now the principal and she's a rock star. So, I mean, I was able to pass the baton to somebody and that family is thriving. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's so important. And I just, 
you just said it again. I just absolutely love the fact that taking the time for yourself, because I think that models, it models what we want, what we want for our teachers. Yeah. Now, and this, this job is hard, you know, oh. like, and I'm sure I mess up. No, I know I mess up all the time, you know, and I, I feel like, um, it's important for people to know that it's hard, you know, this is a lot of work. It, it, I do love our people and you know, it's, it's my joy, but it, it is hard. It's not easy. Yeah, no, it's, it's transparency is one of the things that I like. You try to be a trans, one of the frustrations as a, as a teacher, when I was a teacher and, and I very similar to you, I was in the classroom for 15 years. So it didn't jump to admin quickly. So I had a lot of like, I remember, I know what it's like to be there because I was there for a long time. But one of the frustrations was when, when decisions were made in administration or this, and you didn't, know, you didn't know why, like, why is this happening? And you just couldn't understand it. I think when I became an admin, one of the things that I really tried to do was like the why <laughs> here, like, here's what we're needing to do. And here's why in the same way that like as often as we can with our own kids if you could explain why we're doing something it makes it go a lot more smoothly and i think teachers are the same way so often why are we doing this and then you tell them like oh like i had no idea that 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 this is what was going on and you're like i know because that's that's not your job to know all that like that's my job i'm shielding you from all of that so um but if we can let them know that transparency is is huge. Yeah. If so, uh, kind of closing it, close it up. If if someone's listening right now and they're maybe they're already an administrator and they're looking to get better, I think if they're listening to this podcast, they're probably somebody who is seeking to get better at what they do. But maybe they're a teacher who is maybe administration is the goal. What what piece or a couple pieces of advice would you give? In addition, I mean. I love what you said, model, self-care, uh, build those relationships. Like, what are those, make sure you do this. What What's that thing? Like, you, you have to make sure that you're doing this. What would you say? I mean, I think building trust, you know, and I know that that seems pretty broad, but uh, if you don't have trust, you're not, you can model self-care all you want and it won't matter. You know, you can, um, you know, minimize the distractions and it won't matter. Nothing matters without the idea of trust. And, you know, part of trust is that transparency that you talked about is, you know, explaining the why. Um, and I think the other part of, you know, trust is being consistent. People know that they're going what to expect. You know, they know that I am going to have a smile on my face. They know that when they tell me something um, that uh, isn't the best news that I'm going to like, you know, smile and say, okay, well, we're going to fix it. You know, like, it'll be okay. Um, that, that consistency, um, is really important. I know that that was the one thing for me, um, that would make or break my relationship with administrators or it would, you know, change the way in which I felt about them. You know, we all have enough inconsistencies in our life, you know, as educators, because our days in so many ways are determined by the little teeny tiny humans who are walking in um, and, and what they bring to us, which, again, best part of the job. But that's it. There, It's inconsistent. So us trying to provide a consistent experience for them means in a lot of ways that administrators need to, you know, be consistent as well with their staff. 
So building that trust. And I think the other part of trust is and consistency is really like building that idea of collective vision and mission and sticking to it. Because again, people won't like what you have to say sometimes, but they'll know why you're saying it. You know, no one will ever question the fact that I'm making decisions in what's best for kids and that I want the people in the school to be making decisions that's what's best for kids. And I trust you to do so unless you prove that you're not. And even then, it's I'm not going to shotgun a message. You and I are going to have a, you know, clear but kind conversation in regards to, you know, what needs to change so that we can get on the same page in terms of centering the right thing, which is the people. So um, I just, you know, trust is so important. And if you're not genuine, if you're not really there for the people, then administration is not the job for you. And people might not like that. Um, but it, Amen. <laughs> so um, I think overall, it's just making sure that you're centering the people and building trust with them through, you know, that authentic and consistent connection. Mm-hmm. I, I could not agree more trust because it all it's relationships. It's and and you mentioned consistency. Adults are not that dissimilar to kids. Kids need consistency too. Adults need that too, especially when it feels like the world is burning around you. They're gonna look to us as the leader to be like, it's like when a kid falls down. When they're two and they fall down, what do they do? They look to mom, they look to dad, like, is mom or dad freaking out? And if you do, uh oh, they're gonna freak out too. So it is very, very true. And I think um just making sure like you said that um that we are i don't know just just consistently paying attention to what what our teachers are trying to tell us you know i think that that's a really hard thing to do because it gets really noisy in education it's easy to pay attention to every other thing but you know people and our our educators they're the ones that are going to make or break schools and we need them and we're losing them rapidly yes at a at a catastrophic rate yeah we now more than ever we need to build that trust build those relationships and i think part of that is just you said like getting into classroom like being present you build trust by being present i was as you were just saying that i was thinking back and i was thinking the other day in my elementary school experience i don't remember i don't even remember my principal's names right i i, I have I, I don't i don't i couldn't tell you what they look i have zero recollection of my principals and that would break my heart if kids will i mean yes things memories are going to fade but you would hope that when you're slimed and stuff i mean that they're going to remember you as the leader and that's just part of being present getting out of your office building the trust so um i I remember (laughs) with that I felt like I made it. Um, I was on the phone. I was on a Zoom call with my super, like superintendents. Like it wasn't just one. I think it was like you know two or three of them. And I'm sitting there, and this student just busts in my office, and he's like, "Who are you talking to?" I'm like, "The superintendent." He's like, "Get off, get off the call. We've got kid problems we need to solve." And I was like, "Oh." Yes, this. This is what I want. I want kids to see me as somebody that they can go to and not see it as positional and to know, like, I am here for you. There's a problem and you can help with this problem. <laughs> I need your help. Come come with me. And I'm sure your superintendent is kind of like, bye, Erica. Like, you've got work to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm lucky. Like I said, I, I just, 
the school district I'm in is is the perfect place for me because they they believe the same things that I believe. So awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, I know you're writing your dissertation. Yes. You're writing a book. Yes. As well. Like tell us a little about that, uh, and then about that. And then if anyone's interested in in following you, like how they can connect with you. Sure. Um, so I my dissertation actually is on how to support teachers and how support has potentially changed as a result of the pandemic. So I'm looking at what have the ships been and then also what do they need now? So that has been really interesting work. I'm not far off. My book is a similar. Um, my nose is going to shock you after our conversation, but um, it is about um, teacher-centered leadership. So I'm writing with the hacking series, um, learning series through Times 10 Publications. And um, I'm really excited. I have a pretty good draft going. I'm writing them both simultaneously. So Getting to write my book is a treat compared to writing my dissertation, which at this point is just, you know, the most anticlimactic, you know, thing ever. Um, but it, it is exciting, but I'm just not a technical writer. I like writing from experience. But um, so I hope to be finished with my dissertation in the next month, which I'm super excited about. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yes. And then um, I actually, the only social media I use is Twitter. So I'm just at Flying Monkey 13. Um, and so I, I've been trying to uh, learn a little bit more about some of the other social media, but I feel like it, I can only handle one platform. And the lovely thing about Twitter is that I feel like while I do put a lot out into the world, I get so much back. I have met the best people, had great opportunities, and learned so much. So I do love the platform for that um, purpose. It is it is the best professional development on the planet. I mean, like you and I are talking because, <laughs> because of Twitter. Out of the 105 episodes that we've recorded of this podcast, I think probably 80 to 90% of those people are people that I've met on Twitter, many of whom I've never even met in person. So yeah, it is it is awesome. Well, Erica, I'm so appreciative of you taking the time. Uh, for anyone listening, she is a great follow on Twitter. Uh, highly encouraging, uh, real, which is, again, Twitter, social media can oftentimes be very fake, um, very, very filtered, but she's She's very real, very practical. Um, and Eric, I just appreciate you taking the time. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Yeah. And for, for everyone listening, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can listen directly on my website at brentcoley.com on the podcast page. And until next time, have a good one.